Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Have you with us on the show today? Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar, all together now, including you there in Turbotville. I'm talking to you. The pickle bar is indeed led by the barrels and the dills, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Stock up for the Pro Bowl. That's what I said. Just doesn't seem to have the same punch to it. Stock up for the Pro Bowl. In fact, you know what? You may want to stock up to to get you through the Pro Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, proud to be in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, awesome product, great sales staff, great service department. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Our thanks to Bucknell, former Bucknell punter Alex Peachin, who joined us. That was... A phenomenal conversation. Wasn't he great? He was just great. So much fun. Well, we're going to have a little more fun. Dick Girardi in a few moments. But first, our play-by-play call of the day. Don Fisher on the call as Indiana beats Michigan State. Rob Fennessy with the ball. Left side to Durham. Al circles to the right, gives it up to Rob. Fennessy brings it back left. Down inside, kicks out to Durham. He fires a three. Yeah! This is Don's 47th season doing Indiana football and basketball. And he sounds that good. Proud to call him my good friend. So one of the neat things when Penn State got into the Big Ten is being around guys like Don all the time. He is a pro's pro. 47 seasons. At 38 seasons, I am a baby in this league. <laughs> what to say, Larry Clisby's at 42 at Purdue, Johnny Holiday, my good friend Johnny Holiday. 41 seasons, I'm at 38. I'm actually number four in the pecking order. <laughs> Normally 38 gets you pretty close to the top. I mean, I'm a third of the way down the list. All right. Well, the last 16 seasons have been spent with Dick Girardi. DJ, welcome. It's great to have you with us. Steve, what's happening, buddy? Well, not too much. Uh, Kevin Kugler did use our famous line the other night about uh, the three Joneses and how one doesn't contribute anything. 
and then the other two were really good. Yeah, I, I'm not even sure who the third judge is. <laughs> I know I'm having doubts. <laughs> it might be you. Yeah, were you a factor the other night? How many how many threes did you make? Uh, the same I've made for the last 1,123 games. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you've been doing games so long that three wasn't even around. Fairly was around when you started, right? That's true. There was no three pointer, and there was no um, no shot clock. That? Oh my lord! Yeah. You fact, are prehistoric, man. Right. In fact, I told Naismith, open the bottom of the basket. You were the guy. I was the guy. You taught Walt. You taught Walt. Used to Wal- be up in the balcony. Yeah, and you, and you said finally realized, hey, you know what? Let's. Why did that take so long, by the way? Do we know the answer to that question? Do not know. You yeah, talk- for the people that don't yeah. know what we're talking about, when the game was invented at the Springfield, Massachusetts YMCA, yep. there was the running track upstairs, and when somebody would put a ball into the peach basket, they would grab the ball out of the peach basket and throw it back to the court. Right. Well, the obvious answer, which eventually somebody figured out, was just get rid of the bottom of the peach basket, then the ball will just go through. You, it took him a while to figure that out. You taught Walton the jump hook. That's true. I told Naismith to open up the bottom of the basket. So there you go. That's our contributions to the game right there. I mean, that means we should be in the contributors' wing of the Hall of Fame. Well, if there's any doubt about it, I'll put in a petition right now so that we go in <laughs> as an executive. <laughs> I like it. Perfect. <laughs> and, the, and the right way to phrase it, too. Indeed. Of course it is. Brought to you by ExpressFit, but who's counting? <laughs> Figure we'd slip that in. It was gonna get yes, in, it was gonna get in somehow anyway. Absolutely, it always was. All right. So Penn State's twenty in the Ken Palm right now. Yes, sir. And twenty nine in the net. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you watch, not only the level of play, but also when you look at the strength of schedule, because they're right around seventeen on strength of schedule. What are we seeing with this basketball team? Yeah, we're seeing one of the best. I don't know, what's the number, 20, 25 teams in the country. Uh, we are seeing a program that has been now top 50 for three straight seasons. Uh, the record did not show that last year, the final record, but what did show were all the metrics that you just mentioned, the net and the Ken Palm. Uh, so Patrick Chambers has gone into Philadelphia and other places and recruited and has built one class after another after another. And this is going to be the big payoff uh, because that first really big class, the the, uh, Lamar Stevens, Tony Carr group, that's the group, even though Tony's no longer here, that's the group, and Mike Watkins, that's going to get into the NCAA tournament for the first time for Coach Chambers. But this was happening. This has been happening for three seasons. This is going to be the culmination when in that Sunday in March when the team's name is announced. I think the only mystery at this point, Steve, is how the last 12 Big Ten games play out, how the Big Ten tournament plays out, how high can they go, can they contend for the top of the league. I mean, look, they're 4-4, four and four, they're two games out of first. Because everybody in the league's lost at least two, if I'm doing this right, after yes. Michigan State last night. Right. So uh, anything is still possible. Uh, next week they have two games, both of which they'll be favored, uh, Indiana at home on Wednesday and at Nebraska on Saturday. And teams ahead of them are going to be losing. I mean, it's just going to be a wild run to the finish line. But the bottom line is this is a really good team. All the numbers show it. The performance on the court shows it, uh, has shown it from the get-go. And now it's just going to be kind of a joy to watch the rest of the journey and see where we end up. 
Nine times this year they have held teams under 40% from the field. Technically, to me, it's 10 because of that garbage bus bucket at the end of the Ohio State game. That would have right. that actually got them to 40%. When you watch this team defensively, Dick, what makes this a good defensive team? Yeah, I think they're versatile. I think um, the, a lot of their players can guard a lot of the other positions for the other team. Um, so it makes them difficult to match up against. Look, are there some better individual defenders than others? Yeah, I mean, that's true of anything. But I think a team defensive concept, uh, I thought I was actually amazed by what happened the other night at Michigan because as we were saying on the broadcast, they weren't guarding anybody for the first 10 minutes. Then a, a few a, a subtle adjustments were made here and there, and they completely locked up Michigan until I'd say the last four or five minutes of the game. I mean, they really didn't do anything for a good 25 minutes of the game. Um, and that's a very good offense, one of the best in the Big Ten, and they made them look really ordinary. So I think it's personnel. I think it's concepts. I think it's understanding who the other team is playing and what they're trying to do and when. And, and it's also veteran guys, guys that have played a lot of basketball. And uh, I, there's no one key to the whole defense, but if you said there's one guy you wouldn't want to take off the floor, it would definitely be number five. Yeah. Uh, when you have pressure on the ball that Jamari Wheeler can do, that just that's uh, that's what wasn't there in a couple of the games during that little losing streak. And part of it was he was in foul trouble. But man, when he can put pressure on the ball and make it difficult for the other team's point guard to get them into their offense, then everything flows from there. I, when he played Marcus Carr, he tried very hard to turn him left the entire time. Uh, now, obviously, they wanted to turn Xavier Simpson left, but I don't know about you, Dick. I just felt like in this game, instead of like being so scouting report centric, he just played. Yeah, that was that was kind of my impression. Look, Carr and uh, and Simpson are very different players. Yes, uh, but you know, you know, one of them is is a pass and score guy, where I'd say Simpson can score, but he's certainly a pass first guy. Um, and Carr's a little more, he, he, he has a little more scoring ability than Simpson does, but yeah, I I love the way Rutgers play Carr, for instance, but then they have a, a, a different kind of personnel group where they put like four different guys on them. They put tall, they put quick, they put strong, and they wore him out. Uh, I don't know that Penn State has that combination, but to me, Wheeler by himself can do that to you. Yeah. But yeah, he got he had some foul issues that night, and I just thought he spent too much time thinking about what he should be doing rather than just like not thinking at all. Right. Uh, I want to get to the offense now. Um, the there is a stereotype that Penn State is an isolation offense, and it's a lot of individual play. When Tony Carr was here. That I think you can make an argument on that. What have we watched Penn State's offense do the last couple of years? Because it's not ISO, ISO ball anymore. No, it, it, it isn't. And, I, and look, are there moments where well, you get a mismatch right. and you want to ISO Lamar Stevens right. in a certain spot hey, or get shot, a certain player? Right. Of course. Shot clock's, at, shot clock's at eight. You've got to ISO somebody. Right. And, and that's part of anybody's offense. I mean, look, that's all Wisconsin ever does. Right. Uh, they're strictly an isolation offense. Uh, now, but the, the ball has moved better in the last two years than it has since I've been doing this, Steve. And that even goes back. And, and because it's faster. They're going at a faster pace. The ball is moving quicker in the half court. 
uh, a lot of the players are interchangeable. And when the ball and the players move, you get an offense that was averaging 80 points a game. Now, that's come down a little bit in the Big Ten, and we always knew it was going to come down. Sure. But that's not something any Penn State offense has been able to do uh, in, in, in memory. So, yeah, I, I think that's uh, the fact that the assist to field goals is the highest since Coach Chambers has been there tells you how much uh, more efficient the offense has gotten, how much more variable it has. And I think uh, Patrick would say this, and he has publicly, you give a lot of credit to Coach Ferry for that. Uh, He's come in with a great offensive mind. And Patrick basically, you know, he's his offensive coordinator. He said it. And the two of them and and Keith and Kevin and everybody on the staff, they've gotten together and they maximize the ability of the players they have and like I said on defense, where a lot are interchangeable, that's also true on offense. That makes you hard to guard. And you never quite know, too, from one game to the next who it's going to be. So it's hard to hard to really scout this team. I mean, did you really – do you think – Phil Martelli had the scout for Michigan the other night. Do you think he circled Curtis Jones? I don't think so. No. Uh, but then he came out and, and killed him. And, he's, and it's not the first time he's done it. He's capable, and he ain't the only one. And see, I thought that was one of the keys to the game on Wednesday night, Dick, was that there were three different moments from three different guys where somebody got hot and took over. Lamar at the beginning, yep. Myron Jones in the in uh, the final ten minutes of the first half, and yep. Curtis Jones in the second half. I mean, you, you can't count on three different guys getting hot. Yeah, most teams can't. Uh, they they can, and look, in, the, in, in that little losing streak, nobody was hot. Right, exactly. But that's also part of playing 31 games. It's going to happen. Look, everybody in the Big Ten is liable to have a, a three-game losing streak before this is over. That's right. Uh, just because of the nature of what we're dealing with here. Um, but, yeah, that's the case. It's interesting because, look, Curtis got all the all the end-of-the-game pub, and, he, and I have no problem with that since he got all the 18 points in the second half. But you brought up a great point. Without Lamar's great start, they don't have a nice lead to play with most of the game. And when they were getting threatened in the first half and actually fell behind, it was Myron Jones who's very subtly having a phenomenal sophomore year. Yes. Uh, uh, Again, there's so many good players in the Big Ten this year, and so many are having so many good years, including some point guards and some centers specifically, that maybe he's getting a little lost in it. But those of us who are watching – Penn State play this year know how valuable he has been to what's going on. In the, I mean, you and I have done each four decades of, of covering college basketball closely. So each of us have been able to see a lot of really, really terrific athletic teams out there. When you look at this Penn State team, how athletic is this team? Well, that's what separates them, and it even separates them from the peer group that they're playing against this year. Uh, most games, and there's not been many exceptions, Penn State's been dramatically the more athletic team. I mean, you think of some specific games like the Syracuse game up at Barclays. It was like, whoa, yeah. you know, this is an ACC team, which, by the way, has been playing pretty well now for a couple of weeks. Right. Uh, they're so much more athletic than, than the other teams. But when you have athletic ability, which they have, combined with basketball skill and, in this particular case, a lot of experience having played a lot of college games, that's where you get a team that if they were holding the selection show this Sunday would be 
I don't know, five or a six seed yeah. in the tournament, right. given what they've gotten so far. So yeah, it's it is, and it's just it's fun to watch because they're at their best when they get out and go, uh, when their defense triggers their offense, and it's going to be fascinating because the next game is Indiana next Wednesday, and the Hoosiers will have played two games since Penn State last played when they when that right. ball goes up for that game, they want to get up and down the court. This is going to be fun. That's going to be fun to watch. I yeah. think that's going to be favoring Penn State because to me, the faster the game goes, the better they play. Uh, I texted you yesterday something you already knew anyway, but Kansas has eight quad one wins. Seton Hall, which is on a nine-game winning streak, they haven't lost literally since the Rutgers game when Miles Powell got hurt. Uh, they have six quad one wins, and Penn State's in a group of six schools now with five quad one wins. Then Kentucky's next with four. Sometimes I'm not sure if people understand what at times what this team actually has been doing. Yeah, now I mean it started early on with the game at Georgetown. Uh, yeah. For the people who don't know what a quad one win is, it's basically the best kind of win you can have. It's a road win over a I want to say a top 75. Is it is. Right? It is 75. Yep. That's a that's a quad one. Uh, a neutral over a 50 and a home over a 25. 30. 30. So that that's a quad one win. So, I mean, you just go over some of the teams they've beaten at home, including the Fluster game. you got Iowa, Iowa State, Ohio State and, uh, and Maryland. And then you get one over Michigan the other day, and you combine that with the Georgetown game. Those are the five I think we're talking about, if I'm right. doing that right. Right. Uh, and obviously they have many more quad one possibilities every time they play a league game, with a couple of exceptions. I mean, right now, the last I looked, everybody it is in the top 50 with the exception of Northwestern and Nebraska Yes, of the net. So there's all kinds of possibilities. But, yeah, the road wins are the best. That's why I said at the end of the broadcast, I thought the game on Wednesday night was maybe the biggest win of the season. Not necessarily because Michigan was the best team they played, but where they played it right. uh, really mattered. I think Michigan's better than Georgetown. But any true road against a, a pretty highly ranked team or rated team in the net and that and net is more important than the actual rankings that you see coming out on Mondays uh, that just adds to your resume so yeah if you can rack up let's say by the end they got eight or nine or maybe even ten quad one wins that's what the committee is ultimately looking for they want to know who can you play with and beat of the other teams that we're going to select well if you have ten quad one wins you're saying, well, hell, you can beat just about everybody in this tournament. So that's going to help you get a higher seed, and obviously the higher, better seed you get, uh, the better path you have. But, you know, that's, that's for March. That's a lot of fun to talk about. But there's 12 regulars and hopefully several Big Ten tournament games, maybe three, Steve. That would be nice. That would be very Starting nice. on Friday. Yeah. Uh, Dick Girardi with us on the show. What's really interesting is that uh, Jerry Palm, uh, you know, this is these are all to the moment and whatever. So it doesn't mean anything, but it does give you an indication nationally where things are at the moment. At the moment, he's got Penn State as a four seed. We'll come back with more in a moment. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, King, next half hour. 
We will cap it with our predictions on the Pro Bowl. Why do I sense that's not quite the draw to lure the audience in? Well, we are going to do some college hoops, too. I have confirmed that with him. I mean, does it bother you that what you love has a character called Pluto and it's not even considered a planet anymore? (laughs) That's the beauty part of it. It's different. I feel at the very least I'm entertaining Lisa at home with the baby where she's laughing the whole time. (laughs) Nah, she's probably just rolling her eyes and moving on. Oh, no, she's with me on this all the way. (laughs) If you want to have a fun day, you have to drive a Hyundai from Sunbury Motors Hyundai. And wow, did you want to have a fun day in 2019? Sunbury Motors increased their year-over-year new Hyundai sales by a whopping 70%. Customers near and far are noticing the savings at Sunbury Motors Hyundai. 2020 Hyundai Tucsons have a discount of over $4,000. New Tucsons start at $22,863 with $25 in stock. Sunbury Motors has 12 2020 Hyundai Konas in stock starting at $22,585. Save up to $28,35 on your next new Kona. 70% increase in sales is huge. And so are the savings at Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Choose from 20 Hyundai Santa Fe's with savings up to $45.71. All new Hyundais come with America's best warranty. 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Hurry to Sunbury Motors Hyundai to see how they increase sales by 70%. Sunbury In the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, imports to Mexico's microbrews. Best selection of air anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks. Plenty of snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and out every day. And the pickle bar, led by the big timers, the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Stock up for the Pro Bowl. Because believe me, to get through even one or two series of the Pro Bowl, you'll need to be fully stocked. <laughs> SMH. And What? You know, you don't know what that means. I didn't even hear what you said. S M H. No idea. <laughs> Shaking my no head. Idea. Oh, okay. I was just. You know, I thought maybe you're swearing. Uh, so <laughs> it's like your own clever way of swearing on the air. Uh, and we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, the best in the business, easily. Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Safely ensconced in a bunker somewhere in New England, the king. WT. Nah, forget it. (laughs) (laughs) What up? (laughs) That's that's WU. You figure out that button, that. So what up? Steve Lamont says hi. Oh, good. Um, When we played high school football, 
Steve yep. wore number 81. I played left tackle, and he was the left end. He lined up next to me the entire time. It is an awesome guy. Yeah, he's a good guy, real good guy. Yes, he is. He's here twice. Yep. So, um, so, how's it going? Well, uh, we do get a, you get a bye week or a, and a bye weekend off in basketball, and this is the bye weekend off for Penn State, and then they play Indiana on Wednesday night here. So, okay. So that right now that we're going to be doing basketball games now, picking. Yes, he did mention that because as much as and we've had an I've had so many text messages, people anxious to hear us pick the Pro Bowl. <laughs> I will not even go there without We're gonna save hey. the best for last. Let's do the college hoops first and then we'll save the best for last. Xavier well, Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes. We have another issue though, boys. And Steve, you won outright, okay? Doesn't matter who yep. wins the Super Bowl, you can pick the right. loser and still win. Well, that's why I but picked me and Matt <laughs> tied seventy-three and fifty. Wow! So yes, we that's are right. Batting the Super Bowl for who gets second place, and because I am a gentleman, I will allow Matt to pick who he wants to win, and I'll take the opposite. Ooh, okay. Let me look. Can I bring up the part about the week. gentleman? Or we can do it today. <laughs> can I bring out the part about the gentleman part? No. Uh, yeah, I am in a fact, gentleman, I'm telling you. It's uh, unbelievable. Uh, uh, well, swear uh, what we'll do is I've the Super never Bowl. We'll do a swear in my life. We will, we will do the, the Super Bowl pick. <laughs> we'll, yeah, <laughs> right. We'll do the Super Bowl pick on Thursday. Okay. Next week. Yeah, because so I've, we'll I've, I've got to fly to Nebraska on Friday. That'll give Matt a week to really ponder over who's going to win that game because it's all on the marbles. There's no more mash here. It's Matt. All right. I'm on. I'm ready for it next week. Yep. So this is going to be a great Super Bowl. Yeah. The thoughts are already gelling. I think it's a pick them, you know. So that's what it is right now. Kansas City's been a one one or one and a half point favorite in most books. And that's, you know, whatever. That's a field goal. Here or there, so but it's a pick 'em. It's a great Super Bowl. Anyway, okay. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing else. No, <laughs> no, I've just been over here. You know, it's just stealing signs and just moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's the question of the day on the talk radio around here: Is does Eli Manning belong in the Hall of Fame? Yes. 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 Okay. Next question. <laughs> no, but but but, here, but here's but here's the reason. Trying there's to make several conversation, reasons. boys. Okay. No, but let I me mean, let's let's extend that conversation because right. here's some reasons I think why. Uh, now the why not obviously is the regular season record, which is 500. Yep. Fair, fair. Okay. Now let's get to the why. Yeah. yeah, they're fine. You know, yeah. but well, they're not they're all only the same numbers. But... No, but Ben Roethlisberger, I'm sorry, my apologies, Bart Starr, Terry Bradshaw, Joe Montana, Tom Brady, and Eli Manning are the only five players in the 100-year history of the NFL or 53, 54-year history of the Super Bowl to be two-time Super Bowl MVPs. So that's one. Number two, he didn't miss games because of injuries. He took the ball every single time. 
Yeah. Every time out, he he went out there unless he was told not to. All right. And that there's something to be said for there's longevity. You know, Kurt Warner's in the Hall of Fame with thirty some odd thousand yards, and deserves to be there. Eli threw for fifty seven thousand yards in his career. And here's the other part too, and one final part. Well, actually, two final parts, and they go together. I know the Chargers drafted Eli Manning, and then he was dealt to the Chargers for Philip Rivers when they swapped draft picks, right? Because Eli would not go to the Chargers. Right. Right. But you were brought to New York for one reason and one reason only, and that reason was to win a Super Bowl. He won two. Right. And so, and when you are brought in for a specific reason, when you are that high of a draft choice and you fulfill it, and not only that, you do it against the dynasty of all dynasties in the NFL twice, and you play your best football in the biggest game. I always, you know, I always ask myself, let's take a Hall of Fame pitcher. Who would you hand the ball to in the seventh game of the World Series? That person is in the Hall of Fame. Right. If okay, would you hand Eli Manning the ball in the Super Bowl? Yes. Yeah. You're in. I mean, he's played on some bad teams. I mean, I, I, for the reasons you stated, is exactly why I thought he belonged there. His durability and his play in the big games, and that beating that Patriot team was just after Tom Brady had taken the Patriots. People forget that Brady brought the Patriots down with two minutes left and took yeah. the lead. They forget yep. that. that. You know, the Patriots were like, okay, we're going to be 20-0 and or whatever. And both Super Bowls, Brady brought them down and took the lead with two minutes left, and Manning took it back. That's hard to do on the biggest stage. Hard to do, but, but, and then he had the and they had the big drive at the end of the game in the second one, where yep. Bradshaw then tried not to score to run more time, but it didn't matter. He scored anyway. But Brady engineered that drive. Yeah, Brady's great. Uh, I hate the way people are treating him now because he easily could have eight Super Bowl wins. You know, um, what stunned me today, and I never knew that Jim Plunkett is not in the suit in the Hall of Fame. I no, he's never, not. I don't understand that. So he was a great, you know great quarterback. Uh, yes, he was. And you know what's interesting? You think about those those Raiders teams that won Super Bowls fifteen and eighteen. Mm-hmm. They haven't received a lot of love. Tom Flores was the coach, yep. not in the Hall of Fame, but Bill Cowher is. Yeah. Right. Jim Plunk- Jim Plunkett's not in the Hall of Fame. But Ben Roethlisberger's going to get there. Yeah. It's really interesting. They have not received the kind of love I think they should have received. Yeah, and Plunkett got two Super Bowl wins, MVP in one of them. You know? Yep. It's like, I was stunned. I was like, Jim Plunkett's not in all of it. You know, I'm not going to go into numbers and stuff like that, but we know who Jim Plunkett is. You know, 40 years later, we know who Jim Plunkett is. Was he better than Joe Namath? I would say yes. In, yeah, in and actually day. in a lot of ways, yes. Yes, yeah. I agree with I that. I mean, Namath won one Super Bowl. That's it. You know, yeah. Plunkett won two. And Namath is in and Plunkett's not? I don't get it. So, 
And, and Plunkett yeah. was dealt a bad hand early in his career because the Patriots were really bad. And yeah. then Plunkett, to his credit, resurrected his career like Kurt Warner did with the Arizona Cardinals. See, yep. see yep. remember, Kurt Warner resurrected his career with the Cardinals. Right after that Rams run, then he was with the Giants, kind of bumped around, then he resurrected his career. Plunkett resurrected his career with the Raiders. Yeah, I agree. I was absolutely – those were some of the greatest Super Bowls with him as quarterback. I'm just taken back. I said, he's not in? My gosh. You know – well, if they put him Whatever. in, they got to put Randy Vitae in. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment, <laughs> including our Pro Bowl picks on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection, imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet Reagan Street Sunbury wants to see you and thank you for your years of patronage. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hubble's Wharf. I'm going to assume we're going to save the Pro Bowl selection for last. No question. <laughs> save Did the best for last. The, uh... What did they do on ESPN? I forget what they're called. The the skills. With oh, yeah, he players. watched. He, yeah, he watched last watched night. Watched and enjoyed every minute of it last night. Yeah, I watched it too. It was pretty good. The dodgeball yeah. was actually pretty cool at the end. Jarvis yeah. Landry with coming up clutch for the AFC. Yeah, yeah he's a good athlete. So, well, they're all great athletes, but <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool. I thought the quarterback throwing at those targets. Oh, they stunk. Tough. Yeah, that was tough. Kirk Cousins put on a little show there. It's good. He did. Yeah, Lamar Jackson yeah. in particular was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I could have beat him, but that's sad, you know. <laughs> so, but no, they. Here's your league MVP. There you go. Uh, some of them I thought would be. I thought Watson would be better, you know. But. Um, they're there name? for the free. Uh, they're there uh, for the free trip. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but I mean, it, I just, he, he wasn't even close. Uh, he got a couple big ones, you know, to just lobbing it way down the field. But outside of that, um, and uh, Seattle's court, Ru- Russell Wilson. Oh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, he looked yeah, good too. He's a, he's a tremendous athlete. He was just. He was. He did real good. Well, he was, you know, people forget he was like the fourth round pick of the Colorado Rockies as a shortstop. I mean, this guy is, you know, he's a multiple draft guy. He just seems to excel at whatever he does. You know, he, he was really, really good. And Jackson sucked. He wasn't good at all. So. <laughs> so. Anyway, all right, so let's get let's to some picks pick. here. All right, so we'll start with college troops first, then we'll get to the all-important Pro Bowl on Sunday. So college uh, troops, starting yeah. on Saturday, we have number 15, Kentucky, and number 18, Texas Tech, for the beginning of the Big 12 SEC <laughs> Challenge. Let's start with Steve. Uh, you know what? This is a year in college basketball where there's no great team and there's no dominant player. So you could pick anybody. 
So I'll just go with the chalk. Kentucky has four quad one wins this season, so I'll go with Kentucky. And by the way, Kev, Penn State has five quad one wins. They actually have more quad one wins than Kentucky does. Wow. Who's next? So you go go next, Kev. I can't stand Kentucky. I wouldn't pick them if they were undefeated and playing (laughs) UConn. I, I just... I can't stand Calipari, whatever his friggin' name is. Um, hey, that's a former Clarion grad, by the way. A what? He's a former Clarion University grad, John Calipari. Played his final <laughs> two years with Clarion. Did he? He did, uh, 1981 and 82. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're glad he's gone. So. Oh, boy. I'm sure he gives to the Alumni Association. Oh, I think he cheats. I got Texas Tech. I will take Kentucky as well. I'm, I was tempted to pick Texas Tech, but I just think they've been a little too inconsistent for me. So I will take Kentucky to squeak one out on the road. Our next one, number one, Baylor. They just squeaked out a win against Oklahoma last week to remain number one. They are at Florida this time. I think at 430 is the tip-off there. Let's start with Kev. Um, I'm going to take Baylor on this one. Baylor. I don't know why. Uh, Florida's been he playing really well. F. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Baylor's been playing really well. Uh, but the the game is going to be in the uh, home of Chlorine, the O'Connell Center. Uh, I know that firsthand because I've done a game in the O'Connell Center, and you don't realize that the swimming pool is attached to the arena. Oh. And when you walk in, like, whoa, what's the deal with the chlorine? Uh, Florida will win. Wow. I got Florida as well. Baylor looks a little shaky to me. I think they have some holes. Actually, it was Seth Greenberg earlier this week, Steve, that mentioned this. A couple of holes offensively. Yeah, they could play some good defense, but I I, I think Florida's going to get it done. Plus, I was impressed with the way Florida looked when they manhandled Auburn when they were number four last week at home. So I'll take Florida, too. Again, uh, the chlorine thing's a swing. <laughs> very well could be. Uh, who knows? Oh, it's Good stunning. Numbers. When you go in there, you're like, what the heck? <laughs> like, this is this is where they win national championships? Really? <laughs> All right, next game. Number six, Louisville is hosting Clemson. Let's start with uh, Steve. Let's give Clemson credit. They've beaten both Duke and North Carolina this year. They had never won at North Carolina until this year. They aren't going to win this one, Louisville. <laughs> Kev? I got Clemson because I can't stand... <laughs> I don't like anyone. Uh, isn't his son the head coach now? No, no, Chris Mack's the head coach. Oh, the former, okay. the, for, the former Xavier the coach. Son was the coach. No, he's at he's at Minnesota. Oh, good. So well, I will see. I, I like will Minnesota. see. I I will see Richard uh, in two weeks. I'm taking Clemson. And Steve, who'd you have again? I pick Louisville. Yeah, Louisville. Okay. I like Louisville, too. I've been pretty impressed with them. I think they're a pretty balanced team this year. I think they can go deep. Uh, The next one is number 21, Illinois at Michigan. Big, Big Ten matchup. Kev, let's start with you. Um, Michigan's been too up and down this year. I'm going to take Illinois. The, uh, The key to me is whether Isaiah Livers can play. Uh, if Livers can play, I think Michigan can win. So I'm going to roll the dice on this because obviously I was just there Wednesday night and say that Livers is not going to play, so I'll pick Illinois. Okay. 
I'm going with the Fighting Illini as well. I think they've been very impressive. Yeah. This year. If livers can if livers can play though, Illinois is not going to win. I mean, I, I just I just I'm rolling the dice that he can't play because he didn't play against us. He didn't play against us Wednesday. Honest to God, I haven't a freaking clue about any of these games. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a it's a Big Ten game. It's a Big Ten game, so I know D comes before F. Right. C comes before L in the alphabet. Okay. Last one. All right. Oh. And now. Oh, I put the Super Bowl last. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Super Bowl's next week. Next week. We got the Pro Bowl. All important oh, Pro Bowl is what we're going with right now. Kev, we'll start with you. AFC or NFC? I'm an NFC guy, no matter what. NFC. And Steve. Uh, I'm rooting for a tie. <laughs> Is that what I'm going to put you down for, a tie? Sure. Okay. Why not? <laughs> if the Pro Bowl ever went into overtime, you'd have people jumping off the back of the press box. <laughs> Imagine if they go to replay during this game. Oh. Uh, would they? Brutal. I think they have in the past, but it's been pretty rare. I mean, uh, that why? would just be a travesty. So. I mean, if you go to overtime in the Pro Bowl, maybe they ought to just do a skills contest. <laughs> the last time I saw a Pro Bowl is when my ex-wife and I got divorced, got separated, and I was in a Super Six hotel living there with hookers and stuff. And that's the last Pro Bowl I watched. All right, that's why I don't watch the Pro Bowl? It I got really a lot is. of stories. Oh. It, is, it is really quite an image that everybody in the radio audience is really cherishing. Yeah, I know. I got come home to my crappy little hotel room, and there'd be police all over the place. I'd be like, "Oh my god!" Uh, oh, that I'm happens surprised. over that happens over in the back office with the sales guy. <laughs> Who are you taking, Matt? Who so I've got what? the NFC. I think they got the better quarterback group with Russell NFC. Wilson. Yeah. I think leading the way, he's going to have a big game. He's my MVP. There you go. <laughs> Steve, who you got? He's got a tie. I was rooting for a tie. <laughs> oh, a tie. Okay. <laughs> I'll take I, I'll take the NFC. Why not? Okay. So, that's a wash. Have a good week, guys. All I know is I thought the tie was a good way to go about it. I think that really tapped into how the audience feels. Oh, <laughs> well, you can't lose with a tie, right? That's oh, right. yeah, you could lose. It doesn't matter who wins. You lost. You picked a tie. That's true. <laughs>